Turn us on, and the satisfaction's guaranteed. Frank Discussion with Passion on CJD 800. Welcome to the Friday edition of Passion, where just about anything goes. I share uh, latest news stories about sex and latest studies that have come out, uh, and some of the ones that we're going to talk about. Having orgasms in your sleep. Why does that happen? And how does cannabis affect sexuality? We're seeing more and more studies now. Uh, although it seems like the verdict's still out a little bit. That's a bit confusing, so I'm going to share a, a, a few with you. And then a woman rewards her husband with sex for doing the chores. What do you think about chore play? Um, is it a thing? So I want to discuss that with you as well. 514-800. But first... Time to check out our inbox. Your texts are always welcome. Connect with passion at 514-800. Let me answer a couple of questions, and of course, uh, you can send them in to me right now at 514-800. You can email them to me anytime to laurie at drlaurie.com. So uh, this this uh, person emailed me, on Passion last night, I heard you say that you'll be doing a new weekly segment that needs a name. Uh, following is my suggestion. So before I just give you the suggestion, in case you missed it, because some people ask me, are you changing the name of the show? No, I'm not changing the name of the whole show, but I want to do uh, a new segment and I want it to just focus on relationships. So once a week, I want to do a, an hour that focuses on relationships and I wanted to give it a new name. So if you have any thoughts today, feel free uh, to send them to me. So this person uh, wrote in, Smooth Sailing, the Relationship Helper Hour with Dr. Lori Batito. Okay, that's uh, I'm going to keep that one. I'm, I've kept them all, and I promise that I'm going to give a, a nice, sexy uh, prize to the winner if, if uh, we use uh, one of the suggestions that were given. So I've got all your, your emails and your phone numbers and all the way and all that. Uh, by the way, great show, Dr. Lori. I don't think anyone gives better advice than you when it comes to sex and relationships. Listeners are very lucky to have you on the air to answer their often highly personal questions in a straightforward, knowledgeable, professional manner. I think a, a weekly hour devoted to relationships is a terrific idea and look forward to it. That's from Lillian. Thank you so much. That's very, very sweet. Very nice when people take the time to write and, and give that feedback. All right, questions now. Um, I was concerned about anal sex with women. If I can keep anal-only relationships with women, question mark, and what harms may it get from ass-to-mouth thing? Please help us out. Okay, first of all, I'm trying to understand what you're talking about here. Um, what are you concerned about exactly? And what do you mean if I can keep it only with women? Are you saying you only want to have anal sex with women, but you don't want to have vaginal sex? Or you? I, I'm not 100% sure what the, the actual question is here. And if that's the case, why is that? Why do you just want to have anal sex with women? Is it so to avoid uh, uh, getting a person pregnant or what would be the reason? And you say you're talking about the harms from, so if you go from anus to mouth, better to use some protection or make sure that the area is very clean so that your partner has just bathed and, and, and all of that. 
And then there's really, you're talking about anal lingus, really. Uh, and there's no danger if the area is clean. Obviously, if the area is not clean, you can get some bacteria and that would not be uh, so good. So you can use a barrier method there, the same way that we suggest for uh, performing oral sex on women. You can use like a dental dam or just cut a condom and like a non-lubricated one and cut it and then just use that as a barrier method between your mouth and uh, and the anal area. So that's a, a possibility too. Uh, I am in a relationship with a 29-year-old woman. She is pleasured by the stimulation of her clitoris by my mouth, hands, and penis. The problem is that whenever she is about to climax, she pushes me away and finishes off using her own hand. This has taken a serious hit to my ego. I'm not sure how to bring up the issue with her. Could she be gay? Uh, okay, this last part, I have no idea what you're talking about. Why? Wh- where would? What would it make you think that she is gay? Uh, the one thing has nothing to do with the other. What's probably happening at this point is that she knows exactly what she needs to get to where she wants to get. But really, she should be showing you. So what? instead of taking a hit to your ego, which isn't really about you, this is about her, why don't you say to her, I would love to be able to be the one to help you uh, get to your climax. Show me what you do. Let me, let me help. So what you could do next time is put your hand on top of her hand as she's doing this. Uh, so that you can see maybe it's a, a particular way she touches herself, a particular um, uh, speed, force, whatever. Same thing with guys. Some guys have this issue too where they uh, feel that they need to finish themselves off uh, because they got so used to one way of, uh, of climaxing that that's the only way they know how to do it. So it's best if you asked her and just open the communication rather than take it as a, an insult to your ego, get past that. Start uh, sexual communication. That's always far better for a sex life. Uh, Texter wants to know, what was yesterday's song suggestions all about? Oh, the song suggestions were theme songs for the relationship show that we were trying to uh, come up with titles and maybe some theme songs. So I was asking for your suggestions and if that's, if you just jumped in at some point. Uh, How about relationship rescue or nurturing relationships? I think relationship rescue is, is Dr. Phil. Doesn't he do that? Dr. Phil's relationship rescue. I like it. I just wouldn't want to steal someone else's uh, uh, title. So uh, nurturing relationships, that's good too. So I'm going to keep all those. Don't worry. Um, Hi, Dr. Lori. I was just wondering if it was safe for a pregnant woman to have sex. Absolutely safe unless told otherwise. So sometimes pregnancy, it's not about safe. It's about comfort level for uh, the pregnant woman. So at the the first trimester, uh, oftentimes women are nauseous, they're exhausted, tired. So they may really, their libido can take a real hit. In the second trimester, uh, they f- usually feel much more energized and there's lots of blood flow now going to the, uh, to the genitals because it's all going downwards, right? To feed the baby and to, to, to provide uh, nourishment and, and all that. So women in the second trimester will tell you that they often 
like are very close to an aroused state or can be aroused much easier. And for some women, they have their very first orgasms when they are pregnant because of the engorgement down there. In terms of safety, you can't touch the baby. Nothing will happen in that respect. But if your partner is a, is has a high-risk pregnancy, then her doctor will have told her, look, you've got to avoid uh, intercourse or, or what have you. So that's uh, that's the answer to that. Uh, coming up, we'll talk about having orgasms in your sleep. A safe place to work out the kinks in any relationship. It's Passion with CGAD 800's Dr. Lori Batito. Anything goes on uh, this Friday edition of Passion. Uh, stories to share, your thoughts, your comments, your questions. It's all good. 514-800 to text in. Have you, as a, as a woman, have you ever had an orgasm in your sleep? I'm asking women because I know generally men have them, especially, well, boys have them, certainly. And some some men, as they get older, have what we call wet dreams, but women can have wet dreams too. And not just in adolescence, but, uh, grownup women, uh, it's called a sleep orgasm. Obviously it can take, make a really good dream. Great. Right? So, uh, basically this is about climaxing while you are fast asleep, nothing touching you down there, nobody touching you, nothing. Uh, but it can still happen. Uh, so although we experience the physical effects of having an orgasm in our body, clearly it's related to something that's happening in the brain, right? We don't actually need any actual physical stimulation for it to happen. So how is this possible? Of course, we know that adolescent boys have wet dreams during, during puberty. There's a smaller number of men who may have them into early adulthood. Some men experience them at some point. Um, but for men, it's kind of obvious, right? They wake up, the sheets are wet or their pajamas are wet or, or, or what have you. So with women, there really isn't any real physical evidence of a sleep orgasm, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't happen. So the estimates, according to studies, is that 80% of men and 40% of women have had at least one sleep orgasm. I want to know if you've ever had a sleep orgasm. So how do these, um, how does this happen? So there's a couple of people who did some studies on that. One of them is Beverly Whipple, who's uh, like a sex guru, really, in the field of sexuality. She's a scientist in this field. And they looked at how nocturnal uh, orgasms can happen. So they looked at women who said they were capable of thinking themselves off. In other words, they could have an orgasm simply from thoughts alone, no physical stimulation necessary. Uh, so they measured the changes in the woman's physiological responses, like what you would normally associate with the response to sex, like heart rate, blood pressure, pupil dilation, and pain tolerance during a mental orgasm and during a physical orgasm from self-stimulation. So they were able to compare those two in the same woman. 
They found that the magnitude of the increases in these responses was about the same, whether it was thought-induced or masturbation-induced climax. Would you love to just will yourself to orgasm just by thinking about it? Uh, then they did another study looking at functional MRIs of women's brains and found that when the subjects thought about touching their nipples or clitoris, the sensory cortex lit up as if that part of the body had actually been touched. And then they observed a difference, a marked difference between the imagined touch and the physical touch in another area of the brain. Here's what they said. We, what we found to my great surprise is that when the women thought about stimulation of a body region, the corresponding region of the sensory cortex map was activated as if they were physically stimulating that body region. But there was a much greater activation in the prefrontal cortex when the women thought about stimulating a particular body region than when they actually physically stimulated that region. They believe these findings may offer insight into how you're able to have a full-blown orgasm while asleep, even in the absence of physical touch. And anybody who's had these sleep orgasms will tell you there's no physical touch at all, but it is definitely uh, possible. Uh, they say since orgasm involves increased blood flow to your erectile tissue, which women have as well, and then the release of that blood flow, it's important to know that during REM sleep, blood flow to your erectile tissue, which includes your clitoral complex, occurs. The brain can recognize this and it can lead to sexual arousal and then orgasm. Imagine. And then there are even people who can only have orgasms when they're asleep. Of course, these are anecdotal kind of first-person accounts about this, but it's so interesting because the ones who, if you look at, 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 at what happens during partnered sex and when they're asleep and they have their orgasms, oftentimes the reason they're able to have them during sleep time is because there are no pressures. There's, uh, the orgasm isn't connected to anxiety or stress or depression or shame or, or, or anything cultural or, or what have you, right? But when they're with a partner, all these things get in the way. So I find it really, uh, really very interesting how that uh, can happen. But they give you a few suggestions. Like if you want to... It's not research-based suggestions, mind you. They're not like foolproof things. They say sleep on your stomach or any position that puts pressure on your external genitals. Think about, watch, or read something sexy before bed. Uh, and aim to have more or orgasms in your uh, waking life, especially for women, because the more sex women have, the more uh, they tend to want, and their bodies are kind of primed. Uh, prime for that. So especially for women who oftentimes when it comes to orgasms in, in real life, like in awake life, they feel uh, a lot of pressure, a lot of pressure to, to get there. And so when you feel pressure, you're not going to get there. That's the reality. Uh, Texter writes, yes, Dr. L, sleep orgasms happen to me fairly often. In fact, had one as recently as two weeks ago. It was quite intense and enjoyable, I'm sure. I've also done the mental orgasms, just thinking about my crush and getting there and being able to get there as an adult, that's amazing. Uh, that's a bonus if you're able to, uh, to think yourself to orgasm. Wow. Wow. 
I want to talk about cannabis and its effect on uh, on sexual health because there's all kinds of information out there and it's really hard to make sense of it all. And now that it's legal, we're going to see more and more studies conducted, especially looking at uh, sexuality because, uh, look, anecdotally, we can hear from people who say, yes, it, 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 it does really good things. And then we hear on the medical side, it doesn't do such good things. So, like, which is it? Which yeah, can be a little uh, complex. But just I want to get back to the the sleep orgasms. I've experienced nocturnal orgasms as well as being in a perpetual state of ecstatic mental, emotional, and physical arousal around the clock, regardless of where I was or what I was doing for months on end, simply due to my focus upon my intensely passionate relationship at the time. Whoa, did you get anything else accomplished in your life during this time? (sighs) That's pretty intense. Um, So, I'm going to spend the next little bit talking about uh, about cannabis and its effect on on sexual health because I have a few a few things I want to share um, a fair, uh, share with you and most of it has to do with men's sexual health although we're seeing more and more studies about female sexual health in terms of its impact on uh, on erections and I'm sure many people who smoke weed on a regular basis probably wonder is this going to affect my erection can this have a long-term effects on my erection so of course there's all kinds of uh, other there's like two sides to this there's the internet also has a bunch of anecdotal descriptions of what's called marijuana triggered erections the urban dictionary even has a name for it they're called stoner boners so there's something for it uh and in the urban dictionary it says an erection obtained for no reason other than the fact that the obtainee was too damn high that's really what it's about uh which is the opposite of i suppose uh, whiskey dick, right? (laughs) So the stoner boner, is there any truth to this? Because there are far more studies that actually show how marijuana impedes erections, not make it so. And there was a question, somebody had sent me a question, I think last week about asking if uh, marijuana increases, um, erections. So it's really hard to tell because in terms of what kind of marijuana is being used, what the dosage is. This is why it's been so hard to study as well, right? Um, so one investigation suggested that frequent cannabis use uh, use caused the men in their study to reach orgasm too quickly, too slowly, or not at all. So men are affected in many different ways. It's not like one size fits all, but neither is the consumption of weed one size fits all. In another study, uh, cannabis was said to be used to treat erectile difficulties in men with high cholesterol. So I don't know what the high cholesterol had to do with it, but whatever. So really the bottom line on this one is that the jury is still out. We still need more studies in terms of the different strains available and the consumption methods as well are going to have an impact. But um, coming up, I want to share a few more of the studies that looked at what marijuana use does to your sp- your penis specifically and then talk about um, a new drug coming up as well, 
for women to have better sex, which is cannabis-based. From the pleasure and the politics to the hang-ups and the heartbreak, you're listening to Passion, CJD 800. Anything goes on the Friday nights here on Passion. We share stories and whatever you want to add to it. This text writes, Hi, Dr. Lori, I'm a man and I do sometimes have a so-called wet dream, but I never climax because there's always something, somebody there. The girl is too young or never in the right place. Would you have an explanation for that? Because seriously, it's frustrating. Love your show. Um, you never climax, you never get there because in your dream, you get disrupted by something that's uncomfortable. Clearly, you end up being in an uncomfortable situation. If the girl's too young, that's taboo. If you're never in the right place, makes you uncomfortable. Uh, so that's probably what's happening. But, you know, who the heck knows what happens in our dreams, right? Can't explain it that much. Uh, speaking of weed and of what it's doing to your sex life, I'm 34. I don't smoke weed much. I can count on one hand how many times. I've had sex once while stoned at 26. It absolutely blew my mind. I'm just curious, are you a male or female? Let me know um, how you feel about that. Because some people do experience, I mean, there was just a study that was released uh, recently about women experiencing better orgasms, uh, more pleasure uh, when uh, when they did smoke marijuana. But to me, it, it's, it's easily explained because for a lot of women, they're in their heads a lot. And when they smoke, they can be, it, it's a full body sensation. So they are less, they kind of numb out the brain and they feel it in their body. So they are going to be far more focused on their pleasure. Uh, so that's a male, 34, mind-blowing orgasm when uh, when stoned. Well, I think there is a difference for people who use it occasionally and those who are daily users uh, in, in terms of the impact on, uh, on their sexuality. I do think there's a difference. But again, like the jury's just still out. We just don't have enough data yet to, uh, to be able to be, to, to say things affirmatively here. But what we do know, a couple of things. So, um, there is a percentage of men who heavily use marijuana who have been shown to have lower sperm count and reduce quality of sperm. So if you're trying to get pregnant, uh, then you should probably stop, uh, smoking weed. Uh, this may impact up to 29% of heavy users, and that number increases when additional drugs are used as well. Um, in another study, uh, CBD, which is the non-psychoactive cannabis compound, was shown to actually be an activator of sperm creation. So, you know, they're going to have to do studies with CBD infertility. I mean, we're going to see thousands of studies in the next little while with, uh, with CBD. Uh, what about, uh, erections? So obviously there's big business, you know, when it comes to men having, you know, either bigger penises or stronger erections or what have you. Uh, I mean, the whole pharma, you know, the ED erectile dysfunction pharma business is worth around $4 billion a year. 
Like it's huge. It's huge. So what about weed and erections? The results are just mixed. There have been some animal uh, studies and in vitro studies that have shown a negative correlation between cannabis and the function of erectile tissue. And then on the other hand, other studies have pointed to the ability of this uh, of weed to relax the user, reduce blood pressure, and improve blood circulation, uh, which helps in terms of, uh, of erections. So we just don't know yet. How's that? We just don't know. We know that we know things about heavy users, but not enough about casual uh, users. In terms of orgasms, there was one Australian uh, survey that found that in males aged 16 to 64 who were daily users versus non-users, there was associated with an increase in reporting of uh, difficulty having an orgasm. For women, that did not hold true. So men experience having difficulty with orgasm if they were daily users. Women did not have that same difficulty even if they were daily uh, users. In terms of sex drive, there was a Canadian study done that found roughly 50% of the respondents said cannabis increased their sex drive, their touch sensitivity, and enhanced the experience of sex. Another study in Kansas found that over two-thirds reported increased sexual pleasure and satisfaction with uh, marijuana use. So um, the data is showing enhancement in terms of the experience of pleasure, um, but it's really divided when it comes to uh, to erectile stuff. Well, listen, the whole cannabis science thing, it's, uh, it's taken off like big time. Uh, the man who co-invented Viagra, by the way, is now developing cannabis products so women can have better sex. It's a marijuana-based vaginal gel. They don't call it a medicine. They call it a uh, sexual enhancer. It is not on the market yet, but uh, this was a guy who was one of the lead investigators for Viagra and uh, Cialis. Now he's uh, teamed up with a company called Mana Molecular. They are a, a cannabis biotech firm. There are so many of those now. Uh, and they are now exploring these uh, a lot of cannab- uh, like cannabis-based sexual health products for uh, women. There was uh, they, they're, one thing that's developed is a cannabis patch that women put on their pelvis, and apparently this improved their uh, sexual experience. So you wouldn't have to smoke it. You can just put a patch on your uh, genitals or near your genitals anyway. So we'll have to see what the studies uh, will show. The problem is like, as they say, like it's the dosage because in really high doses, it has the complete opposite effect. So we'll have to find out what the, uh, the dosage will be, but I'm sure those patches will be available in Canada soon enough. Coming up, I want to talk about, um, <laughs> sorry, I, I'm talking and reading at the same time. Can they make a CBD product to help you forget your mother-in-law? <laughs> Oh man, you're funny. Uh, all right, Th- this is this is funny too, kind of. Uh, 
You've heard me talk about the the notion of chore play. So this woman faces a backlash after posting something. Basically, she's talking about rewarding her husband with sex for doing the chores. But there's some truth to this and there's something to be said about chore play. And I want to have that discussion with Dr. Lori Batito on CJAD 800. Last couple of minutes left here. Your thoughts, your questions, your comments, always welcome. 514-800. So you've heard me talk about chore play, which uh, basically chore play is when a man helps with house housework and gets lucky in return. Well, not not exactly. Uh, that, but women have long said that one of the things that warms their heart and makes them more open to being sexual is when their partners do stuff without having to be told to do stuff. So the more help they get or the more stuff they do that, um, helps them feel more attracted to their partners basically and more open uh, to sexuality. I've had this, believe me, this uh, discussion with many women and it seems to hold true. And in fact, there was a study done also that showed that that, that's one of the things that uh, women find to be a big turn on. I know it doesn't sound like it's such an arousing thing, but it is. Anyway, this mom, I guess, took it to another level. Uh, she she posted, she wrote a post. Says she said, "Nothing hotter. Any other acts of service love languages out there? Mine, one hundred percent." Uh, so, so this, uh, she put this on Instagram. Get them floors mopped and the panties dropped. That's one things. That's one way to get things done. Some of the of her followers commented that they could relate. Uh, my husband said to me yesterday, "Is there anything else I can do after checking a bunch of things off my list?" Totally chore play. Um, another one wrote, "Yes, it's such a turn on for me, and also a win win because it means I've got more time to spend on my man instead of doing cleaning." and laundry. And I know a lot of women can relate to this, but there were a lot of people who were quick to point out how, uh, you know, the problems with this. One person wrote WTF helping with housework. Stop teaching women that if men do housework, it's helping and they should get rewarded. They aren't children. It's 50% their responsibility. Is this from the fifties? Somebody else said chore play. No, it's his house. It's his house too. Equals means you both pull your weight because you are equal, not because of chore play. True equality is what's sexy, which is true. There was a study done that showed that the more, uh, the couples that had more equal division of labor in the household actually were the most sexually satisfied. So that is definitely uh, very, very true. Uh, One user pointed out something they would find sexier, things that are hotter, not expecting a reward for doing your share around the house. So clearly, chore play is a little bit uh, controversial, but it does work for some. It it does help. It's certainly the opposite is going to have uh, the opposite effect, right? (laughs) Like if you look at the extreme of that, 
the couch potato partner uh, while the while one part the let's just say the woman here is doing all, all the stuff and she looks over and her partner's doing nothing and not doing his share or lets her do all this stuff or has a very traditional view <coughs> excuse me and that isn't attractive over time only resentment builds there especially if he then you know suggests sex or what have you and she's busy running around and doing all kinds of stuff forgive me <coughs> for my cough i don't know about you but the allergies are killers this year which means i have to take the occasional sip of water so forgive me okay in oh somebody says doing chores together can actually be a sexy bonding experience i agree especially if you do them naked <laughs> um all right woman asks for advice this is on uh, i think on reddit or something after her fiance you gotta flip out when you hear this her fiance insists that his father checks her hymen before their wedding. I'm not exactly sure, like culturally, where uh, where this is from, but this is a woman who's asking for relationship advice on Reddit. She wants to know what should she do. He had a very her husband, her husband to be, had a very specific re- request before they got married. Apparently, in his family, it's customary for the patriarch to check the hymen of future brides. Uh, and not just like it's a whole ritual. So it would be the fa- father-in-law, the uncle, uh, whoever else is supposed to be there. She writes on her post, he wants me the night before to open my legs up in a small ceremony type thing so his dad can check me while him, his brothers, and uncle can watch so that they know I am still pure. Holy crap. This is awful considering that hymens don't actually work that way because some people can actually tear the hymen during normal physical activities and how do what kind of expertise do they have to check the hymen like how do they do that anyway the whole thing just like whoa uh i I don't know a lot of people might think she should run and the last story in a similar kind of similar vein but these are the two crazy stories that i Uh, that my researcher found for me that I thought were interesting. Listen to this headline. Woman found husband had a micro penis on their honeymoon and told the internet. Now he's suing. So that's the recap, (laughs) the bottom line of this. So uh, her husband was adamant on staying chaste until their honeymoon. When he dropped his pants... She wasn't all that happy with what she saw. But she felt deceived. So it's not about the actual penis, but I think she felt deceived. So she felt that he wanted to, you know, was insisting on saving themselves for marriage for this reason, this this possible reason. So she anyway, she posted on that. Um, <clears throat> she titled it, Newlywed husband wanted to wait till marriage for sex and just surprised me with micro penis on the honeymoon. 
She wrote, so we only dated for six months. We've been engaged for another six and just got married on Saturday. Am I the a-hole for reading into this and being upset that I waited until my wedding night to find out that he probably isn't as old-fashioned as he says he is? I'm not going to shame him, and honestly, I don't even know how I'll broach the topic. I honestly just acted like nothing was out of the ordinary and went to town with him. But I don't know. I kind of feel lied to like a half-truth, or something was intentionally withheld from me. This was unexpected, to say the least, but the story unfolds. Um, so the post went viral, of course. Her story was even picked up by several media outlets, until her husband stumbled upon it. Following this, then she shared an update. My husband saw my post and says he wants to leave me and sue me. He says he wants an annulment and is considering suing me for defamation of character. He says it's only a matter of time before someone leaks his name. He saw the post through an old friend of his who knew he had a micro penis and saw on his Facebook that he had just gotten married. He doesn't know who else the guy has told to link him to it. He is crushed that I posted about him. While she has yet to share whether her husband actually went through with the defamation case, at least, well, I guess they're separated and she doesn't have to deal with any of that. But that's, uh, I guess she was venting, <laughs> um, not the place to vent on the internet. It could be quite hurtful. Um, you know, but, but it's a dilemma, right? Like what happens, put yourself in this person's shoes, not having the opportunity or the option to bail before uh, getting married, right? Anyway, I find that quite interesting. But that's it. That's that's my crazy story uh, for uh, for tonight. I thought it was a little nuts. All right, that's it for me, folks. Thank you so much for spending uh, your time with me, and thank you for all of you who. Uh, you know, participated with your uh, with your titles and your potential titles and such for the new segment that I want to do on relationships. I really appreciate it. You can keep sending me your suggestions. I'm open to them. Um, thanks to our technical producer tonight, Chris, uh, our passion researcher, Linda DeLisi. If you want to connect with me on social media, you can do that at Dr. Lori Batito or through my website, drlori.com. Coming up uh, here on CJD, you've got the CTV National News, all the news you need right here on our station. Have a great rest of the evening, and remember to live your life with passion. <laughs>